Hey everyone, welcome to The Breakdown. So glad you're here. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. Hey man, what a great day. I'm so happy to be back. We're glad to have you so back. So happy. It's good to be here. Yeah. We're so glad, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun last week with my bride, Jennifer. Really enjoyed the time with you if you're watching at home, Jen. And um, you know, it's always a lot of fun jumping in with somebody. Yeah. It was really cool. I mean, she just found oh, she out did last awesome. minute. I thought so. Such a good job. I thought so. You know, we have those dialogues at home. I have to say, you know, being at HBC now three years, mm-hmm. I feel like every time Pastor Zach is preaching, I find myself meditating on this word all week long. So I love that we have the breakdown. And these are just regular dialogues at our home for Jen and I. We're just talking through the message. And I think that's how you know it's a, a good word. You're thinking about it all week. And uh, it helps when it's a series or a rampage, right? Right, right. <laughs> absolutely. But you hit on something that I think is super important. That was the whole idea that I had behind the breakdown. Yeah. People need to talk about the messages. Yes. You got to hear from other people on staff, but yeah. also... The idea is that all of us as believers, we're supposed to be talking about the message too. We're we really are. We're talking about it together, supposed to be meditating on it and not just leaving it in the sanctuary on Sunday morning, which is super easy it to is, do. It is super easy. And I think being, you hear this a lot at HPC, being an apostolic church, you know, you, you have this word that's coming forth and we may not realize like this word is not just a, a one and done. We're supposed to be meditating on how this word impacts and practically applies to our life for this week and then what the Lord wants to do. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really good. In case anyone's confused, Kurt, can you explain what you mean by an apostolic church? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think I'm the right person to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, you know, we need to get Zach in here to talk about it. But as I have watched and, and talked mm-hmm. to Pastor Zach and, and studied this, this team over the years, uh, over these past three years, because I just want to acknowledge mm-hmm. that that's how long I've been here. Pastor yeah. Zach has been my friend for a long time. And I think even the church has shifted into this apostolic movement where there's an understanding that God has put an apostolic call. What does that mean? It means that there's a vision that's going out that's bigger than just the one man. We're catching where God is taking us. Yes. So we're, we're seeking the Holy Spirit. God has installed Pastor Zach in his role apostolically, we would say. And then you have other, you know, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers surrounding Mm -hmm. to see to it what, what Ephesians 4 talks about, that the, the equipping of the saints which is all of us. Right. Even if you're standing in one of those offices, it's all of us. The equipping right. of the saints for what? The work of the ministry. Right. We just all bring our unique take and our, our unique skills to that process. So good. And I think sometimes I'm really glad you brought that up, even though I don't feel the most qualified to answer that question. <laughs> it's the but, Bible ministry. You know this. Yeah, I know. But it's it's how does our church interpret the mm. apostolic call? That's what I'm saying. And, gotcha. I, and I'm sure that Pastor Zach gotcha. could expound, expound better on that. But I do, I do think the fact is we recognize that there are those five offices for a purpose, that Jesus gave those five offices, Mm -hmm. and it's for the equipping of the saints. But even if we serve in one of those offices, we're still a saint doing that work. Right. So it's right. really it's really important to understand. And right. I have to say, being on the team and watching the team, I, I'm watching it work beautifully. That's I think it's awesome. really cool. No, I I would agree. Really I would cool. Agree. And I think too, not mm-hmm. to you know belabor this, but I think too, what happens is if you have this overarching umbrella, mm-hmm. then everybody gets to step in and fulfill their purpose in ministry. Right. That nobody right. is just a nobody. You know, some churches people walk in and they walk out and they say, I don't I don't really mm-hmm. have a role. I don't fit. I don't have anything to do. But God is using so many people here. Right. And I would say that that's also a sign of of a healthy church. Yes. So when I came, um, I noticed over time, I was like, okay, so there's still 
people issues. Like you still yeah. have disagreements, you still have drama, but it's like how, but even under that, I can feel a health in our church. Absolutely. And I think it comes back to that apostolic call that we are above all else sensitive to where the Holy Spirit is drawing us as a church and as a body, yeah. and then also as a region. Boom. That was a, That's the part that I wanted to hit. Lord, what are you saying to this region? Which really ties into today's mm-hmm. study and last week's study. You have, as Pastor Zach has been teaching us in, in this book of Revelation, that John, the beloved apostle, was given on the island of Patmos, this revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, you have these seven churches, which going to Pastor Zach's first point, these seven churches represent the DNA or, yes. or have the DNA for all churches that will ever exist. I think that's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. And so what we have the ability to do as the reader is to look in on all seven churches and say, okay, you know, what what is God saying to me into this region? And so I really like that we can say, okay, as we touch on Smyrna today and really look, we can actually study out what right. it means to be a part of the persecuted right. church. Yep. And and it was interesting to me during Sunday as Zach was talking, it came to my mind that, you know, our church too has a lampstand yes. in this arena in heaven. Yes. And Jesus is walking among the lampstands of all these churches. And yeah. our church also has one. And so that's why we need to really digest these corrections, these and then these encouragements that he gives to these seven churches in Revelation mm-hmm. so that we too can also be healthy. That's so good. And I want to say too, coming to the book of Revelation, I, I know a lot of people get scared. They're like, oh, you know, there's so much in Revelation. And I don't understand it. I don't it. understand it. Those and- creepy creatures with all the <laughs> eyes. I just want to say, as you open up the book, you know, John is actually writing this letter of his revelation back to the churches and explaining and is saying you're blessed simply by reading and listening and adhering to what's written within here so never approach it with fear never feel like oh man i don't i don't get into that you don't have to be into eschatology you don't have to be studying all the end times all we need to do is keep our ear to the ground and mm-hmm. our ear to the Father's heart. That's right. really what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what we talk about HBC being apostolic, is there's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit right. to fulfill what he has purposeful for the church and the region. Right. Absolutely. All right, so the Church of Smyrna. Smyrna, or as Pastor Zach was joking, second service, Smurfs. The Smurfs. <laughs> this is where all the Smurfs live. Yes. This is great. I, I just I love this this part. This is so beautiful to me. I have, as I said, been meditating on this all week. I've been thinking about, Lord, what does this mean for us today? I just want to read a few a few parts of this. You know, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. He says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those that say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. And, you know, so much chalked right in that first passage, Mm -hmm. but just kind of getting to what Pastor Zach was saying about the first and the last. And we often hear the Alpha and Omega. Beginning and the end. Beginning and the end. And what do we think? The alphabet, right? Right. So he's the beginning. We think time. We often think time. He's the beginning and he's the end. So if I find myself somewhere within that, I'm safe. But what I loved, absolutely mm-hmm. loved, was where Pastor Zach was bringing us on Sunday. Right. That it's not just the beginning and the end. It's also the one who knows how to be first. Right. And the one who knows how to be last. Yeah, see, I had never heard it that way. I had always interpreted Alpha and Omega. Yeah. 
within the context of the fact that God's eternal mm-hmm. and he has he has always been. Yeah. But that that other dimension of the greatest and the least mm. and then how that that relates to us. That I had never I had never um I'd never heard it presented that way and it really um has opened up new areas of thinking in my mind. Absolutely. And I think I think in in the span of anybody's mm-hmm. life, if you live seventy five plus years, however long you live, in any span of life, you can see times when you're running in the first, yeah. and you can see times when you're falling behind and you're the last place. Mm-hmm. And to know that Jesus understands yes. what it's like to be in the first yes. and what it's like to be in last place, He says, "Therefore, I will never leave you mm-hmm. nor forsake you." And we we tend to get into that last position and we think, "I must be forsaken." I must be forsaken in this time. And to bring it full circle to what what Jesus is saying to this church is they're in a time of persecution. Right. And so they feel like that's part of why he's saying, I'm the first and the last. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the greatest and the least. Mm -hmm. I know that you're persecuted. Right. And you might feel like the very least, but I am with you. Right, right. And we can even apply the concept of Jesus being described as the Lion of Judah. Yes. And then also he's he's the, the lamb, lamb. The perfect sacrificial yeah. lamb. And I'm sure the church in Smyrna, they're under persecution. Mm. They don't feel like the Lion of Judah. They don't nope. want to roar. Yep. They want to hide. And they feel like they are being led to the slaughter because they literally are. And I think this is so good because, you know, we're living in a time, and Pastor Zach said it, and, and I've had these dialogues with different people in, in the churches over the years, and some people believe that, you know, the American church is not going to see persecution, and we've already had our days, and then others believe, like, we haven't even seen it. And Zach yeah. really harped on, like, we haven't even I seen it. I don't think we've seen it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we have. And this is not—we're not trying to debate anything, but I think it's a really important point to say— you know, if we face persecution, if we find ourselves as believers in our, our ears to the ground and we're leading into what the Father's saying, and yet we are faithful, and yet, I'm sorry, f- still find ourselves persecuted, don't abandon your faith. This is no. part of all the reason why Hebrews was written. Don't turn back. That persecution, it has a lot of qualities. And number one, it's proof mm-hmm. of your discipleship yes. and, and belonging to Jesus. Yeah. Well, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Will. And when, don't be surprised when the world hates, hates you. you. Remember, it hated me first. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know we don't like to bring it here. Um, Jesus says, I, I give you peace, not as the world gives do I give. But earlier he says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Well, there right. are two different things he's talking about. You can have internal peace with external chaos. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus wants to bring us this peace. So whether we find ourselves suffering persecution, even among our family, because Jesus brings the sword. Right. Jesus is that delineating line yeah. in the sand, yeah. and people aren't going to line up, especially as we get into those hot-button issues. Not everyone's going to agree. No, no. And I think part of it is we do, we can we get out of touch because mm. of how things are in America, and we have, um, we have this open forum where we are pretty tolerant of different points of view but you know in other countries if a person gets baptized their family will go and kill them Mm. or try to kill them yeah and you know just bring that into perspective here when we have baptisms we give out t-shirts we do all these cool different media things that you can share on social on social media you can tell your friends yeah 
that is that brings pers- that would bring persecution oh, yeah. in another country. So true. And I think we have to meditate on that. That you know, when our life gets quote unquote difficult, mm. it's really not that difficult mm. compared to what other people are going through. Yeah. Wow, that's really powerful when you put it in that perspective. And I think through some of the missionaries that I've talked to, as one missionary from Pakistan, uh, who was born in Pakistan, right. and when he was born again, there was literally an assignment. You know, there was mm-hmm. an assassin sent right. to kill him. I'm thinking, wow. And you're right. We, we, we should be celebrating all these different things here. Right. We have these privileges and these freedoms. And I think we should do that. Should. I'm not saying we shouldn't no, I'm do with those you. things. Yeah. I think do as much as you can, yeah. but remember that other people can't do these things. This is why it's so good to come back to this point of our Savior, our forerunner who was touched with the feelings of our infirmities, yes. right? He knows what it's like to be the first mm-hmm. and the last. And and another note, I, well, you know, we'll get down to persecution, but I just stopping for a moment on that area mm-hmm. of he is the first and the last. And I think we just need to encourage ourselves to say, hey, wherever you find yourself, if you find yourself in the mountaintop, that's awesome. Rejoice, right? Rejoice with right. those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Know how to be like in all circumstances content. So if we find ourselves really in an excitable season, praise God for it. Amen. And when we find Amen. ourselves in a difficult season, rejoice. Re- rejoice because you know it's proving the qualities that God wants in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know when when we rejoice, it's important for us to go back to who is the source of what we are rejoicing in? It's God. Yeah. Because that is how we are going to always be be able to rejoice and have that peace. Yeah. You know, Paul writes about that. He's learned how to be content in every situation, but not because of the circumstances. It's because of what he has in Christ and his connection with Christ. Yeah. You know, I think we'll get to this in a few moments as we really harp on mm. persecution. Um, but I want to just touch on this next point that Pastor Zach brought up, because yeah. I'm actually really interested in your thoughts. Pastor Zach brought us to this area of poverty. I want to read this again from this passage. Jesus says, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, parenthetical, but you are rich. And and Pastor Zach was saying we could go a hundred different ways and talk about the riches and the richness right. that we have as followers and believers mm-hmm. of Christ. And I, before I say anything, I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on this. So Pastor Zach said poverty is a conduct and wealth is a condition. Mm. So when Jesus is talking to the church in Smyrna, he's like, I know you are poor, maybe poor in state. Mm. They are they don't have worth. They're not in a, a state of wealth in the world, but they are rich. Mm-hmm. So they have a condition of wealth, mm-hmm. and it's not a physical condition. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual condition. It's good. And that goes for us, too. You know, we can get so hung up on what our lives look like, and that's what the world tells us to do because the world is trying to accumulate, accumulate, yeah. oh, accumulate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Jesus says, no, I'm your source. I am. <laughs> Jesus said, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to, yeah. what you're going to wear. These are what the pagans do. You know, I will, I'm not going to leave you without what you need, mm. you know? And so we are in our, sal- our in our saved state, we have this wealth because yeah. we have heavenly wealth. We do. And when Jesus, when, when the disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray, mm-hmm. you know, right after he says, um, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. We are supposed, from that mindset of the kingdom coming, then we ask, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. 
So it's saying, God, I'm here to bring your kingdom. Mm -hmm. Give me what I need to accomplish that. That's good. And if that means that I'm going to have a lot, then so be it. Yeah. If it means that, okay, maybe for the assignment you have for me today, I don't need a lot of physical stuff, but I trust that you're going to give me what I need to get through the assignment that you have me in. That's so good. And so I don't have to worry about where I'm going or how or what I'm going through physically or monetarily because I am wealthy. That's good. And I'm wealthy because I don't ha- I don't pay the bill. <laughs> God pays the bill. That's, I just have to steward what he gives me. That's good. And then as I do well with what he's given me, then he's going to give me more. That's it. Cuz why would he why would he hold me back? Right. But if I'm not a good steward, giving me more that's gonna. That's not gonna be healthy that's for me, right? Gonna hurt you. That's exactly. Right. That's right. So it's not that God wants us to be poor, mm-hmm. and it's not that He wants us to be rich. It's that He wants us to have the mindset of, "I'm here to bring His kingdom." That's good. And He will give me what I need, and He will multiply what I have, in as much as it's gonna help me further His kingdom. That's so good, man. That's why I wanted to hear what you had to say because I know you had a lot. I've been stored. bursting with this. I know I've been you had thinking a lot about this. All- <laughs> yesterday today (laughs) you had a lot stored up in there i wanted to hear that and i love this point that pastor zach is making about the mindset versus the condition and we'll touch on the mindset in just a moment but this conditional place of not conditional but the condition of being rich Mm. we have to start paul actually says that you know set your mind on the things that are above yes for those are the things that are eternal so let's never ever make the mistake whatever state we're in here on this earth I, i fall into this trap a lot honestly i have to constantly remind myself that whatever state i'm presently in is not a clear indicator of who I am in spirit. Mm-mm. And I know you love this because this is what you talk a lot about in Ephesians, being seated with Christ yes. in heavenly, heavenly places. places. Yes. yes. We have to renew our mind to that truth. Yeah. That w- that's who we are in spirit. Right. And part of the working out of our salvation, yeah, we're going to see that go touch our soul and touch our body as well. But you're bringing up another point here and that there is practical stewardship that actually must take place in order to see wealth increase. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And I love that you brought up the point that, you know, greater riches on earth may potentially be a burden if you're not a healthy steward. So right. the goal is to learn to be a good steward. And that's what that's one of the parables. Well, that yeah, you... because, you know, even in the scripture, we see these questions like, why, why do the wicked prosper? And it's like, okay, so they have a lot of wealth. Is that mm. what you're saying by prospering? Mm. Okay, but if their focus is on accumulation, they really have the poverty mindset. They have yeah. that, that, that conduct. Holding. Right. Holding, holding, holding. So they don't have, they're not in the spiritual, the condition of spiritual wealth. Yeah. They're not. This this is so good because Jesus is making the distinction between what is true riches versus, you know, that's what what almost a contradictory statement to say, I know your poverty, but But you you are are rich. rich. (laughs) You are rich. That's so good. That's so good. And, 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 you know, we, it's not just, it, it's really coming to the place of bringing your mind, renewing your mind to the truth yes. that who you are in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we see what Jesus talks about that when you're faithful with little, God will trust you to be faithful with more. Mm-hmm. I remember my very first car in 2004 was a 1990 Toyota Camry. You know, the Toyotas, you could just run it to the ground. And I remember waxing 
1990 Toyota Camry, which was nearly 20 years old. And it didn't look that nice, but I would I would stand outside, I would wash that car, I would wax it, and I would speak over myself. I know that he who is faithful in what is little will be trusted with much. And I watched the Lord provide for right. me time and again. Right. And, and it comes back to part of what you're saying is that right. the Lord will ensure when we live right. to see his kingdom come, when we live to see his kingdom come, yep. he will ensure we have our daily bread. Amen. Amen. And that's why it's so important, uh, like Zach was saying, don't let God be something you start with mm-hmm. but don't end on or something that you wait until the end to start on. It's he has to be our everything. Yes. We start with him and we end with him. And it's why wait to make him your focus? Mm-hmm. Why wait to let him renew your mind in every area of your life? You know, um, the altar call at the first service uh, when Becky Campagnon came up and she was saying how that so- that song that they were going to be singing, she it had meaning for her because God had showed her that he rescues her thoughts. Yeah. He rescues our thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I went forward because, you know, I, I was so sick of one, one area in my life that's kind of a stronghold has been fear over um, like getting sick, getting a, a serious illness. Um, and it actually came up in uh, my soul study group the Friday before wow. Sunday. So it was, it was cool to see how that worked. And it was like, yeah, no, God, I want you to rescue me from these thoughts. Yeah. Because these this fear, that's, that's a poverty mindset. It is. That's me thinking that I have to control my health. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trusting you. That's good. I'm not walking in this wealth of, of health knowing that you hold every cell in my body. Mm-hmm. And I can trust you. Mm-hmm. So I want to be free of this now. It's good. You know? And it's like, okay. And and it has been freeing for me. Yeah. Where I do feel different now that I relinquished that and allowed that truth That's it. of God to wash over my mind. Yeah. And not to get into what the Lord was speaking to you during your prayer time, but you yourself said that when you went up for that prayer, yeah. you actually got clarity on more than just more that than specific. Ju- yes. Yeah. Yes. Because there's... It was fear not just of health, but also fear of messing up and mm-hmm. messing up in ministry. Yeah. And you know, like, oh, if, if I if I slip up, that's been something that was that that's in me. And I think a lot of us have that. Oh yeah. But um, it was interesting how God showed me that through through prophetic prayer. That's why it's so important. If you feel an impulse to go up go. and have people pray for you, go up. Go. Just go up. Yeah. I was literally playing the guitar the week before, and, and and Ron Brackett comes up. Pastor Ron Brackett comes up with this word, and I know I'm supposed to go. I'm just waiting for my wife to open her eyes, and we're just like, we're going. I'm, I'm going to unplug the guitar, and I'm going down there. Mm. And I really agree. When you feel that impulse, when you know that the Holy Spirit's tugging on you, don't wait. Don't no, let whatever don't status wait. Don't or wait. station. No, you go. Don't wait. You follow that prompting of the Holy Spirit because yeah. the Lord will meet you down. He's calling right. you out to meet you down there. Right. Because I, I, I went up. I went up saying, God, I want you to. Re- I want you to take away these. You know, rescue these thoughts of fear over health. And he's yeah. like, Well, I'm going to rescue fear More. over <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah. that you have in your life. Yes. <laughs> It's so good. I want to touch for a few moments as we talked a little bit about the practical side. There is a practical stewardship. And I just want to say briefly, mm-hmm. you know, if you're struggling in the area of finances, 
there, it, there is a benefit to sitting with a financial advisor, a godly person mm-hmm. who can help you practically lay out and budget out yes. and become a good steward over your finances. I think what they find is that it's not that most people aren't making enough. It's how we're using yep. it. It's the 5 and $10 decisions. Yes. Yeah, which is what we were talking about mm-hmm. the other day. It's not the $1,000 decisions. No. Is, is that what Pastor Zach was bringing up? Yeah. 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 It's not the $1,000 decisions. It's right. the 5 and 10. Right. So it's learning how to be a good steward over those small areas. Right. And then, and then even pushing your your giving you when you have a little, because yeah. you know some people say, oh, if I had a lot of money, then I would be generous and I'd be able to do all these things. It's like, no, what you do with a little, yes. you will do with a lot, yeah, because it's a heart condition. It is, it is, and the proof is the woman with the two mites that Jesus clearly said gave more than all the others of her little of her abundance she gave from what she had. So I just really think it's a great point. And if you find, if you were sitting there on Sunday, because I actually want to say I was sitting there on Sunday and the Lord was speaking to me about areas of my life where I have that poverty mindset. Yes. And, and I was convicted and I was like, okay, God, what do I do with this? Well, the first thing is to just simply repent for not trusting him. That's really what it is. I repent for not trusting you in this area of my life. Teach me now to trust you. Right. Trust in the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. <laughs> yes, yeah. I know it's written. We have to do it, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so one of the final things we wanted to close out because Jesus says here, I, I I know your tribulation, your poverty, and we wanted to touch on this persecution. Yeah. And then we've talked a little bit about it tonight, but it's interesting. As you read through the seven churches, one of the things you brought up, I don't know if Pastor Zach has said it yet, that there's no correction. Yeah, he did. He, he did. did. Yeah. yeah. There's no correction given to no correction no. given to this church. Right. So right. expound a little bit on on what you think is going on here. Well, I do think it is what Zach, what Pastor Zach said that you know God has uh, a sympathy and a heart for mm-hmm. those being persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, He sympathizes with our weaknesses. Yeah. And He knows what they're going through, but I think it's also that persecution has a refining aspect to it. Sure does. You know, in um in Romans chapter 5, we read that, you know, we glory in tribulations because tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And yeah. hope doesn't disappoint because of God's love that's poured out in our hearts. Yes. And you can see this progression that when tough times come and we persevere. That's it then we become more like Christ who persevered through the end that's it when he bore all of all of our sin yeah. you know he went through the greatest persecution any persecution that we experience here is still nothing compared to what Christ went through even if we are martyred for our faith mm-hmm. that's still not like it's what still Christ pales. W- yep. right so persecution has that effect of making us focus on what truly matters mm-hmm. and when we become more like Christ there is less to correct yeah and so I think that's also part of what's going on in Smyrna. I, I is, really do agree. Yeah. I, I think that's it. It's the refining qualities of persecution. And it kind of, it, to me, it shows the love and the beauty and the compassion right. of our Savior mm-hmm. that he doesn't need to add insult to injury. Right. In fact, he right. affirms, I know your tribulation, your works, your poverty, and you can't stand those who are blaspheming. Mm-hmm. You know, he understands. He's compassionately making a connection that I know, I know you're being persecuted and you're enduring. So you take Romans 5 and you marry it to James 1. 
that when we persevere, we're also to count it all joy Mm -hmm. when we fall into various trials. Why? Because that will produce patience and patience will have its perfect work so that we're perfect, mature, complete, lacking nothing. And, and I Amen. think what happens here is we tend to look at persecution and we, we put this resistance up like, oh, I'm being persecuted. And I have to resist these people. And, and there's a lot. We don't have a lot to co- a lot of time to cover it tonight. But I always find it interesting that when you read the stories of the martyrs or when you read those who are persecuted, they're asking God not to charge it against them. or They're, they're enduring all this hardship and this mm-hmm. pain and this turmoil. And yet there's a peace within their heart to go through and endure that. And I think part of the, what I pray for is that, Lord, I would have that ability to be able to endure. And I think where we learn to endure is in the hardships of our life. Right, right. And I, I do think that when we go through those times, God meets us in a way that we don't experience when we aren't going through mm-hmm. persecution. Mm-hmm. So he gives us a supernatural strength. We, he gives us a, a closer sense of his spirit. Yeah. You know? You know, one of the hard things, too, is if, if we've dedicated our lives to the kingdom of our Lord and Savior and we're praying his kingdom come as will be done, part of the realization for us is that we don't live to ourselves anymore. We actually resign our right to choose. And, we, you know, there's a lot there, but we don't live for ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's where Paul can say when he's writing back to one of the churches, he says, I want you to know that the things that have happened to me that have put me in chains have actually turned out for the furtherance yes. of the gospel. And part of the realization is that if I am persecuted, if I am suffering, and it's bringing the Lord glory right. through the furtherance of the gospel, this is a tough pill to swallow. I'm, I'm not saying no, it's I know. easy, I know. but it's it's what we need to understand. It's and hard. It's hard. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just throwing it out there. I'm saying this is part of why we're going through these churches to see what is the expectation. And if we look eternally and we set our mind on the things above, we realize that we may not see a total distribution of equality of everything we desire down here, but we have the just and the justifier who will reward those who are faithful to him. He who endures to the end will be saved. Right. And I will give him the crown of life. Right. So we have a reward. Well, and there's also those other rewards that are also based on works, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. You know, that we get in heaven. Yes. And... That's that's where we have to keep our minds. Is, yeah. you know, we're only on this earth for a tiny, Short tiny, time. tiny little bit. Short time. So anybody that makes you think that this is where you're supposed to get like your biggest blessings, yep. that's false. Your it, biggest blessings actually come after. So true. And, and I think it's a really good perspective to keep. You know, and, and and I just think I was going to say, you know, a lot of times when you hear the people who are working with those who are in hospice, mm. they're not thinking about oh, no. the money they wish they would no. have made or it's it's relationships. It's mm-hmm. people they wish that they could have connected with or touched or forgiven, yeah. you know, and I think we have to take stock from wherever point of our life we are and say, OK, I want to see his kingdom come. I want to see his will be done. And when I do that, Matthew six thirty three. You know, mm-hmm. don't worry about your life. Yes. After all these things, the Gentiles are seeking, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, going along with persecution, when things get tough, the people that aren't really in, they fall off mm-hmm. because you have to truly be in. You have to truly have this desire to have to follow after Christ in order to endure through persecution. That's it. You know, um, and then there's there's always other people that are going to try to sell you a more watered down version of of the gospel. But no, we we need to know the truth and stick to the truth no matter how hard it gets. Yeah. 
And I know Pastor Zach brought up counterfeits on Sunday, you know, and, and it's, I, I want to reiterate that. How do we know if something is counterfeit? And this is where in the time that we're living, it is so important. We stress it at church. We stress mm-hmm. it at school of the spirit. We stress it in right. our Bible studies. We have to know our word. We have to let the word Amen. speak to us because Amen. it's living and active. Right. I'm not going to know all the other counterfeits that come out there, but I'm going to know the word right. and I'm going to test whatever I hear according to the word mm-hmm. of God. Does it line up? Amen. Amen. And I think one of the hardest ways, um, to stand true is even in just the area of love. Mm. You know, for me to know what love is, mm-hmm. I have to know Jesus's heart. That's it. And understand that, you know, cause our culture sells us this counterfeit version of love as affirmation mm-hmm. and affirmation of people, even in their sin. And like, you're okay. You're okay. Just the way you are. And it's like, no, that's not what it is. Yeah. And that's not actually love. It's not love. It's not, it's love. not love. If something is truly wrong with me, I want you to tell me, Yeah, but it's, you loving me for someone as being an image bearer of Christ and then loving me to Jesus so that Jesus can then fix me. Yeah. That's, that's love. Yeah, it really is because the desire of the father is health, wholeness, and relationship, Mm. not critical judgment. His desire is health, wholeness, and relationship. Man, there's so much that we I could, know, we could keep going. To cover, and we've still got five <laughs> Break more down churches. Breakdown extended yeah, version. We've still got five more churches. want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Get onto the website, hpc.church. Hey, if you ever have a question or if you want to throw out something to us, maybe something for us to talk about yeah, on the breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to hear from you. We haven't said that in a while, but you can email info at hpc.church, and they'll make sure they get that to us, and we can dialogue, especially as we're going through the study of these churches. Yeah. So, hey, would you pray us uh, out tonight? Father, we thank you that you have just given us a church that is so blessed and that has the heart after you. And so, Father, I just pray that we would always have that heart, that we would always be sensitive to how you're correcting us individually, Mm. how you are uh, pruning us even as a church, that we would not resist what you are doing in us, but we would just cooperate yes. knowing that you are working a greater work within us than we could ever do on our own. And so, Father, I pray that that would be our heart, that we would uh, not compare ourselves to other people, but we would just seek your kingdom and trust that you're going to give us uh, the wealth and the riches and, and anything that we need to accomplish the tasks that you have for us. Mm. Uh, and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. That's The Breakdown. We'll see you next week. Good night, guys.